still and it is another week. This is Andrew Wood, joined as always by pastor and friend Jason Hayes. Jason, how you doing, man? We are back. Back. We weren't here last week. And I'm sure the listeners missed I us. think they, they've been actually waiting by their radios <laughs> really? for us to come back Kind of like old school, yep. just sitting by as sitting a in the living room. Yep. I like that. Yeah, with the big, uh, the big radio in the corner. Um, and the just fire waiting, burning, just, just waiting, waiting for, like, for us to entertain them. And they're looking around at each other going, did they say they weren't going to be on? <laughs> we can't remember, so we're just going to stay here. Yeah. Uh, but you went to Disney. I did go to Disney. How was that? And it was, uh, we, we enjoy Disney. Okay. So unabashedly, we are pro Disney, uh, when it comes to Disney World, uh, and, I don't know if there's ever going to be a time that we go to Disney World and don't have a good time. Yeah. I will say it was a very different time. Sure. Uh, for a couple of reasons. One, we actually went with another family, some dear friends okay. of ours. And, uh, so our boys were, you know, kind of split hanging out with their boys. And so that, that was a fun dynamic for sure. Yeah. Um, I think another piece of it is naturally the pandemic, you know, yeah. and so everyone's wearing masks. Uh, the catch is the crowds have begun to come back. I yep. don't know if you've heard. Uh, you know, that, that they had small crowds and all that other stuff. The crowds have begun to come back and that's probably a compliment to them because I think the word has gotten out that they've done a really good job. I've seen the same thing at Dollywood. Yeah, too. yeah. They've been really militant about mask wearing. They've done a really good job of keeping people like spaced out in lines. They've done, uh, you know, the, the needed steps when it comes to all kinds of transportation measures and things of that sort. And so I think the word's gotten out. The catch is, uh, is that they are still in theory running at 25%. Now here's the truth behind that. Right. In fact, information came out. They're running at 25% of their legal limit. So it would be like us saying here in the studio, well, legally we could put a thousand, we could put, you know, 200 people in the studio yeah. and then we're just going to run at 25%. Well, still, 25% of the legal limit could potentially be the same amount of people they yeah. were already running. In fact, there was one specific uh, article that came out that was talking about like Epcot numbers. So we were there during the Food and Wine Festival, which traditionally draws a pretty big crowd for Epcot itself. And so Epcot was almost running the exact same thing as they have in previous years with the with the uh, distinction of, though, having no fast passes having shorter hours and no park hopping. So, I mean, you just have this unique thing that is happening. And so uh, then you throw in a temperature that's really hot and uh, you're wearing a mask. But it was a a blast. So do not hear me complaining about it. We had a great time. It was just a different time. Yeah, and the frustrating part about that is but but Regal – can't open. Right. You know, and right. so you, you see things like this and, and, and the rationale behind some of the choices and decisions that are being made. And you're like, oh, but, but Regal's right. having to close all so, of their theaters so around the country. So what you're seeing is also, and we saw this at Disney World, you're seeing uh, maybe some blurred lines between what is covid uh precautions and what is cost saving measures yes, for sure and 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 i i wouldn't even question necessarily anyone for cost saving measures now i would question why i was paying full ticket Amen. prices for things that i used to be able to pay for you know now again i understand that they would i mean i used to be able to enjoy for that same price i understand they would probably say yeah. well it's a unique season but there were certain things you're like well wait a minute if i could do this then surely i could do yeah. that 
But I think that may have cost a lot of money or that requires more employees or that required, you know, more systems and processes that involve overhead. And, and so you, you saw that certainly, but at the end of the day, it's Disney World and you're with your wife and you're with your kids yeah. and we were with friends and it was a great time. That's good. Did and you guys do anything special for fall break? No, we, uh, <laughs> <laughs> we, we just, we kind of stayed around the house and then, uh, we, over the weekend, we went and, and drove the Foothills Parkway, uh, which if you haven't done that, I mean, living in East Tennessee, I think at times we take for granted yeah, we really do. the beauty that is around us. Yep. And so we went to, we went last, actually last week, we drove the Foothills Parkway and we, it was terrible because it was so foggy and rainy. You could literally so, could see nothing. So you might, you could have just as easily so, been driving down Pellissippi Parkway. Yeah, it, it meant, yeah. we let the kid, the kids had slept on the way there and then right. when we got on the parkway we just looked at each other and like yeah just let them see there's, <laughs> there's literally nothing for them to see at this point we so, were just driving and yeah. so then we went to but so this weekend this past weekend we we did it again uh and it was absolutely gorgeous great the sun was was uh perfect uh we even we didn't even know this but if you hit it at a certain time as the sun's going down you can watch it go down behind the smokies oh that's cool and as we're driving uh driving away kind of Oh, out of the foothills, we we look back and we're like, oh my gosh! I just stopped the van right in the middle of the road so we could get a picture and really take in the sunset. And then I go up a little bit further and there's people like lined up. And I was like, oh, this apparently is a, a thing. Yes. And I'm just parking the van in the middle of the road. Yes. To and it's big, so people sure. could see us. And um and so yeah, that was that was fun. And then we ended up eating. Uh, eating at Aubrey's there in Sevierville. Yes. And what's and, your go-to order at Aubrey's? Uh, this past time it was uh, the twelve ounce ribeye. Yes, and my sir. Goodness. Yes, sir. It was amazing. It was pizza Rockefeller. Have you ever had it? No. Oh, it is Good. a delicious treat. It's like their a, salmon is also. It is amazing. like a grown up version of the Mexican pizza okay. from Taco Bell. Okay. Uh, but not. Okay. Well, I would. <laughs> no, I would really highly. <laughs> I would. Hi- of course, all their foods amazing. Minus but the beans. I would highly stuff. recommend their ribeye. My yeah. goodness. We are not a- sponsored by Aubrey's no, today. We, should we are be. just both obviously very hungry. But if today. you want us to come eat there and then talk about it on the show, happy please reach that. out to us. Happy to. We do would that. eat. I'll eat there every meal. Yes. Uh, be happy to do that to talk about how good you are. Yeah. Uh, and then I won't talk about the the place we ate at the weekend before. Because it was not good. Mm. Uh, all the way around, nothing was good about really? it. Really? <laughs> so <laughs> did you, did you mention Dollywood? Did you guys we, go to Dollywood? We didn't over the weekend just because of fall break. Okay. Everybody apparently yes. was at Dollywood. We went, we went two weekends in a row, uh, I, I guess about three weeks ago and it was fine. It was fun. Good. Lines were short, but good. then fall break hit and it was yeah. like everybody we was had, like, hey, had, let's go to Dollywood. We had friends that, uh, that went and were turned back. Yeah, that they was another for, thing. I think they asked, do you all have a reservation? And they basically turned around and said, no, but we have a van full of children in the back. And that didn't Were they season it. pass holders? They were not. Mm, there yeah. you go. See, season pass holders, I think, just get to go. Yeah. I don't Whether know. you have a reservation or not. And I'm a gold. I'm a, I don't know if you know this, but oh, yeah. I'm, I have a gold card oh, yes. as well. And so uh, I'm even a, a step above. The gold card is a pretty big deal. My parents years ago, they still laugh about this. My parents years ago um, uh, were... We're going through, you know, the the entrance there yeah. at Dollywood, and um, I, I don't really know exactly how this conversation went. I think it was actually at the entrance, or maybe it was, it was, you know, at another time with another vendor there at Dollywood uh, or employee. the The employee brought to their attention, "You 
do you all ever go to Dollywood separately from one another? And they were like, no. And then the employee very gracious was like, you both don't, don't you don't, need, you don't exactly. both need a gold card. Just, that's just, right. Just get one gold membership and then you can get your discounts. You can get your parking. You can get all those yep. things. And they just still laugh about how, how did, how, how did that require an employee to tell them that? Than that, rather than them just coming to that yeah, conclusion. Because we themselves. have one, we have one, and I'm the gold. My dad is very frugal yeah. and very wise, but and that was a clear miss. That was a clear miss <laughs> yeah. on this one. Yeah, I think we'll take two of those. <laughs> that way, we get double free Discounts parking. Discounts abound, even though we are driving together. <laughs> our, our from that point on, he's like, "Honey, you're riding separate." Yeah, so we can really take advantage <laughs> of this free parking. We need but, to take separate cars. What about cars. the gas, honey? Uh, you, we need know. to take separate cars. We paid for this. <laughs> We, it's like us. We bought, we buy the souvenir cups and then we bring them and they're a hassle. Yes. Oh, yes. And I'll just say, like, if Dolly's listening, this year's souvenir cup, not a great design. Oh, no. Not a great design. They have the straw. It tucks back into the top. But that means when you pull that straw out, there's a hole in the top. So if that cup falls mm, over. Problem. Drinks coming out, not out of the straw, but out of the top of the cup. Do we blame 2020? Not this? a good design. I, last year's designs were great. And we brought, the first time we went back to Dollywood, we brought last year's cups. Well, then they made new designs. So you can't, I, don't, I didn't think you could use the same cups. Maybe you can. I just didn't look at the fine print. <laughs> but this year's cups, having that hole in the top, the whole point of having a top, especially with kids, is to keep the drink in the, yeah, in the cup. Not happening. And you put a hole in the cup. Mm. What am I going to do? What am I going to do? Again, it feels, it feels like another consequence of 2020. Yeah. In fact, I saw a great uh, Instagram post from somebody. I think they had kind of shared someone else's. But there was a picture of a family uh, or their home. As many families decorate their homes for various holidays. Sure. And some will decorate for Halloween uh, or Reformation Day. Sure, you whatever know. you want to um, call it. And, uh, two very different, two, two very different points of celebration there should yeah, be noted. A bit. Uh, not the same holiday, just falling on the same date. Okay. But, um, they actually, rather than putting Halloween decorations up, they just had big, huge, massive letters, like maybe they'd cut out of wood, uh, you know, plywood or something. It was just the words 2020 or it was just the numbers 2020. And then it had a sign next to it and said, this is the scariest thing we could think of. <laughs> Well, you pretty know, great. It's the, it's, uh, I applaud creativity. I do too. And, and I think it's just, I saw a, a meme, I guess a meme video, if that's a thing, the other day <laughs> of a little girl. Uh, it was her birthday and I guess it was her sister next to her, a little bit older sister next to her. And they put 2020 on the older sister and then they put me on the little girl. Yes. And the little girl's gonna, about to blow out her candles. And as she's preparing to blow them out, this little sister has this terror, or this other sister has this, like, look on her face of, I'm about to ruin all of this. Yes. So she jumps in, blows out the candles. Oh, my. And then just has this, like, look on her face like, yeah, I did, I did it. And so the little girl grabs her by the hair and starts shaking her, and the other sister never stops smiling. <laughs> and so they're like, "This is this is 2020, this is 2020. ruining everything for us, and not even stopping the smile when this, we when we is, want to fight this back." This is what 2020 has done to us, man. Oh me. It's you know it's it's one of those things where we uh, I, I think we you know the news and and even us on this show at times we we focus a little bit more on the negative, but there has been a lot of positives Absolutely. to occur. 
and a lot of good things that have happened uh, in, in, in this year. And, and, and I'm often reminded that there are people that will, uh, that actually got married in 2020. So they're celebrating their, their vows in Absolutely. 2020. People have had children. They're oh, celebrating yeah. the birth of a child. People in, started in businesses. People and so have, it's, it's have a, done all kinds of there's, there's things. been some right. good things. There's been some good things even within the church as we, oh, we've yeah. had to adjust. And, uh, there's been some frustrating things that, yep. that we've had to deal with. Uh, I think everybody though, I said this on, on my show yesterday, uh, wait a minute. I have another wait, show. Wait, I know. Wait a five minute. Five o'clock on Tuesdays. Wait Joy a 620. minute. I didn't I know there were, one. I yeah. didn't realize there were other radio shows. Yeah. Well, I have another one. Oh man. Yeah, that's the only other one. Oh wow. Um, oh wow. And so I, as, as, as I ended yesterday, I was like, look, no one could have wrote this. Yeah. You, know, you have a pandemic. You've had hurricanes, tornadoes rip through the state. Uh, you've had lockdowns of businesses, uh, and a, a presidential election. Yeah. In the middle of all that. And one thing that we can always count on is UT football getting back to what they do. Back which is to terrible. complete frustration. I mean, the frustration level wow. on Saturday. Wow. I was My angry. youngest son had a soccer game not too long after the football game. And I, I cognitively had to think to myself, like, dial it down. And I wasn't like screaming. I never yeah. had to scream at the television moment. I was just so like disappointed yep, and frustrated. Same. I felt myself uh, uh angered, you know, and yep. I could felt myself kind of triggered a little bit. And I thought I don't need to go out into a soccer game that I I I I actually know these people here yep. and there's people around us and stuff. I don't need anything to happen that's going to cause me to it's going to carry over. It's going to carry over. Yeah. yeah. And so I just had to like reframe my thought pattern there because it was so I had to get up and just stop watching the game. Carrie all of a sudden That's became the most do. loyal Vol fan. Like, and she's, I mean, she's a UT graduate. She is a Vol fan. But, but in years past, it's been like, you know, I mean, we'll go with friends to watch the game at someone's home and, and, and her and maybe some of the other ladies or, I mean, could have been guys who were maybe are kind of like half watching the game and I'm the one that's like yeah. camped out right in front of the television. Oh no, this weekend when we're losing to the degree, she was like, Let's, let's don't turn, I wanted to turn it off. Don't yeah. turn it off. No. Don't turn it off. Let's let's cheer for them. No, turn it off. Please. We don't we we haven't been beaten by them since 1984 in yes. Neyland Stadium. Yes. And I the was worst born loss since the 1930s against My them. goodness. So, so we're, we're going to talk about other stuff when we come back. Yeah. <laughs> we're not going to dwell on that. We'll That's be back. for sure. Basketball in hand. Seeing daddy can we play a little one on one. You pat him on the back and say, not now, son, I'm a busy man. That's That song right there, that'll get you right in the field. So, I, as as we were coming out of um, the break, you were you were mouthing the lyrics. Yeah. And I will tell you, I don't know if I've ever heard that song. That's a country song. And, and the premise of the song is... You you got to take time to be present with your family because okay. that's a dad saying. Hold on just a second, I'm checking the text. Yeah, yeah. Oh, wait, wait, what, what were you saying? That's a dad saying. Look, my you know the kid comes up and and this song was even out before like smartphones. Oh wow! And so that's a dad working and the kid coming up and and jerking on his shirt. Hey, let's go play ball. Mm. And the dad saying, "Not now, I'm a busy man." Oh. And uh and and the if you watch the video, the video shows that the kids grow up and then. The dad like wants to spend time with his kids, and oh. the kids are like, "Sorry, dad, we're busy. I think we I can't." I've heard a bit of that. And so, yeah. uh, 
Hey, man. Well, man, thanks for there completely. Dave, Dave, who produces our show week in, week out, does a great job, yeah. but it's completely broken my heart today. Yeah, it's a great song. Uh, wow. I think it ends. I think it has a happy Okay, good. Okay, good. Country I feel music it. usually does. Man, so the question to you today is, have you voted? Yes, nice. I have. I finally, uh, look, I've been surprised with the early voting numbers. There's been, uh, there's been a lot of people voting. And, and so I've, I've tried to go multiple times. I've had like half an hour here, half an hour there. Uh, and then I would get there and I was like, ugh, I'm not going to be able to get to my meeting if I go and get in right. line right now. So, uh, so there's been two or three times that I've drove, saw the line, and was like, okay, I'll come back when I have time. Uh, and I ended up voting yesterday. Uh, and I voted, actually voted at Love's Kitchen, which is off of Martin yeah. Luther King. Uh, and, and they were saying there normally they have, uh, in early voting, they run about a hundred a day. Yeah. Uh, which isn't great. Yeah. And the lady was saying we're doing about 700 a day, That's 700 great. votes a day. And, and so the, the, the benefit of early voting is you can vote anywhere, anywhere right. that's open and, and you're registered. You don't have to go to like, like I, I, I normally go yeah. to Carnes. I don't have to go to Carnes. I can go to wherever. And so I think what a lot of people are doing is looking to see where the lines are busy and then picking one that it's not. So yeah, I went. I, uh, I logged in, um, uh, online just yesterday. Uh, re- just, I don't know. I mean, I vote re- regularly and yeah. often, uh, but yet for some reason, I just kind of wanted to make sure that I was like, that there was no catches with my yeah. voting and, uh, and you can do that. And, and it showed, uh, an address and I immediately panicked because I was like, Oh no, they have my address wrong. Yeah. I have written down 9635 Westland drive as my address. Yeah. And then I realized, oh, 9635 Westland Drive is Shoreline Church, right. which also happens to be my polling location. Yeah. Okay. And so it actually had my personal correct mailing address. Yeah, yeah. But then it was actually giving me the address of where I was supposed to vote if I was going to vote on election day. I plan on doing the early vote here in just the next day or two. Same story. Yeah. I've kind of kept waiting on the right 30, 45-minute pocket, and I don't think I'm going to be able to do that. I think I'm just going to have to say, hey, I, I just need to have a two- or three-hour block, yeah. and hopefully it only takes and it, 30, and it's mo- it, I, you know, From what I'm hearing, it's moving pretty quick, and, and they're uh, – one thing that's that's been good to see is folks have said, oh, well, well – the pandemic is going to keep a lot of people from actually going and voting in person. It doesn't appear that way. No. I mean, we're, we're beating numbers from four years ago. We're meeting numbers from two years ago. My, my, uh, political science side of me is trying to analyze what all of this means. Oh, yeah. You know, I mean, I'm watching it and going, oh, what does this mean? You know, this many early voting and you're right. looking at the mail in, you're looking at the absentee. Uh, were you doing, were you doing a, like a personal exit poll for people? <laughs> no. Just kind of catching them? No, they about, would, you know, kind of doing an interview. I want so bad to have conversations with people in the line, <laughs> but I feel like I'm going to say yeah, things I don't know. need to say. I, I, uh, so, I figured no. you were just sitting like out in the parking lot watching <laughs> no. people drive by and just making yeah, determinations. You yeah. You, you didn't even have to have conversations. I think you were just judging. I could have, I could have said, Hey, I'm Andrew Wood on behalf of the Between Sunday show. <laughs> We're doing exit polling. Oh, I like Who'd that. you vote for? I like that. Let us know. Let the world know. So, so in, no, in today's show, our plan is for you to tell everyone yeah. who you voted to, for and who they should vote I'm for. I'm happy to do correct? that. Correct? I'm happy to do that. No, yes. we, are, we are not going to do that today. Man, in I fact, really actually, I, I wanted to bring up today in 
in um, preparation for the election, understanding that a number of people have voted already. Um, a lot of people have voted already, but a whole bunch of people have yet to. Sure. And there's a book that's put out by David Platt fairly recently. Um, David, uh, many of you as listeners may be familiar with. He wrote a great book called Radical yeah. uh, that was um, really formative in, uh, I would just say, kind of church culture. Mm-hmm. Uh, over recent years, David uh, then was the president of the International Mission Board, which is the International Mission Sending Agency for Southern Baptist Convention, or Great Commission Baptist, as they're often known as now. Um, and then David now is one of the pastors at um, uh, McLean Bible Church, mm-hmm. uh, right in the, I mean, basically right on the outskirts of Washington, D.C. Right. And so, uh, David also was at the head of headlines, uh, just what, probably a year ago, maybe. Yeah, we prayed for Trump. When President Trump just unexpectedly showed up, uh, kind of unannounced, but just a few minutes beforehand. And David Platt chose to invite him onto the stage and to pray for him. And so there was all kinds of discussion related to that. And so David is not foreign to um, the discussion of things of the gospel and how it connects and should not connect at times with things political. And he's written a book called Before You Vote, Seven Questions Every Christian Should Ask. Now, openly, uh, David is a longtime uh, friend of mine. We don't talk a bunch in these days. Uh, but I've known him for a really, really long time, and David's a guy that I respect a whole bunch. But I have not read the book. Have you read the book? No. Okay. So what I thought today we would do is just try to completely just interpret what he wrote without actually reading it. I think that's what, no, we will not that's do what that. radio guys do. We will not do that. Um, but I, I did want to go through these seven questions and just have a little bit of dialogue. So these, again, are not questions on – in fact, the very last question – is so how do I vote? And you would imagine he doesn't say sure. this is who you're supposed to vote for, yeah. who you shouldn't vote for. But I really want to focus on the first six questions. And the first question to you that I would ask, again, not having read the book, but is does God call you, does God call me yeah. to vote? What are your general thoughts? My general thoughts would be we're called to to be engaged with our culture, not uh, you know, the, the culture shouldn't be shaping the church. The church should be shaping the culture. Part of that is voting. Part of that is participating. Uh, but I would say just from a uh, from one standpoint, the vote, your vote is your vote. And so a lot of times you hear where you <clears throat> you have to vote for the uh, the Republican or the Democrat. And, and it's a it's a, you know, kind of a uh, just a one or the other. And the reality is it's your vote. It, right. You can do what you want with that vote. Yep. Some people, you know, certain years will go, look, I'm not going to vote right. because I want to make a statement. And it's my understanding of the voting. book that David mm-hmm. actually offers three options. Uh, one, then I was looking at some of the reviews. Uh, and so one, certainly you have a, a, sure. a, a, you know, a Democratic vote. You have a Republican vote. You have, I don't remember the exact expression that was used, but basically a, 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 an intentional withholding, mm-hmm. uh, which is in good conscience, I can't yep. support either one of these candidates or their platforms, things of that sort. And, and maybe the, the one that was missed, uh, uh, according to one particular reviewer, was where, where is the place for uh, voting for uh, a, a third party right. candidate, you know, right. an independent candidate. And so, um, I, I would say, do we have a biblical mandate to vote? I, I'm not sure that yeah. I would say that we do, but do I think that it is a responsible thing to do? Absolutely. Do sure. I also think 
that if we want to be agents of change, then that is the wise and appropriate thing to do. You know, yeah. there, there are all kinds of things in scripture that might not have clear biblical mandates. However, we see the larger council of scripture speaks towards wisdom. And in my idea, if, if, if we see things that concern us culturally, societally as a country, then the piece of wisdom that God has given us is for us to use the vote that we have yep. been given to use the influence that we have and not from, you know, pulpits and platforms, but more, um, to, to use, uh, you know, our vote to, to be an agent of change if we can be. And so that, that would be my initial thoughts. Anything that you'd add on that one? Yeah, I think, I think mainly that's the, that's the thing is we're, we, it's not a mandate, but, but we are called to be a part of, uh, the process. We're, we're called to love our neighbors, love our community. And in some ways, voting, uh, voting for a particular way shows, hey, this is this is how I'm going to love my community and participate yeah. in the process. Yeah, in fact, we're going to talk about that very thing when we come back. So the question is, Jason, who's trying can to keep you, you down? Can you keep a good man down? I don't know. I mean, Alabama would say you can't. I've received a few emails this week that are doing their <laughs> doing their absolute best uh, to keep you down. Yeah, well, well don't let them keep you down. I'm gonna try not to. <laughs> Anyways, um, so today we're continuing to talk about are there questions we should be asking? We've we've been looking at this book that David Platt wrote. Uh, are there questions we should be asking as we uh, head towards? Uh, the election booth is that the right expression? We, do we have a booth these well, days? This, really these days, no, <laughs> no, we really <laughs> it, don't. It is not a booth. It, it is, is just a, a console. It's like a cardboard of... <laughs> cutout, <laughs> yeah. and then they give you a piece of paper that you bubble it, in. It actually looks a lot like my. Even when they have the machines, it l- reminds me of like science fair projects. Yes, very you much. Know, even like more so little... this year. Yeah. Even more wow. so this year. So, so anyways, he offers seven questions. The seventh and final question is how do I vote? Again, he's not giving some prescriptive. This is who it should be or who it shouldn't be. Um, the first question was, does God called me to vote? The second question was, who is my heart? I would imagine, um, just knowing David, that's going to speak more towards where is our real hope? Where's our joy? Um, where do we place our confidence? Where do we place our trust in? The difference in allegiance to country versus mm-hmm. kingdom or kingdom over country. Uh, and so that would be my thought. The third thing, though, is you begin to reference to it uh, before the break is what does my neighbor need? Yeah. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, that's that's a uh, that's an interesting one because that can go. I, I even saw somebody post the other day. Um, and, and, and I'll tell you kind of the context of, of that post. But it said, uh, don't tell me you love me. And then vote for someone that's going to hurt me. Now, on the surface, you're like, oh, that's profound. Yeah. But the reality is this particular person that posted it, there's an agenda behind that. Sure. And so uh, so what they would argue is a particular candidate is going to hurt their their agenda. And right. so don't tell me you love me and then go vote for that person. And, and this particular person and myself see things completely different. Right. So so would I then reply to them and say, oh, so you're. That means you're not going to vote for the candidate that I don't like because you told me you love me. Yep. And and those politics and those policies are going to hurt what I do. And so so it's not that simple to just go, well, don't tell me you love me and then vote for somebody that's going to hurt me. But I do think it's important that we look at our neighbors and, and see their needs. And and I think what we the unfortunate thing of, of today's kind of political environment 
is we don't even see our neighbors as people. We see them as political positions or if they have a sticker on their car, then that tells me all I need to know about them. Or if they're they're doing this, then that tells me all I need to know about them. And we're not really allowing ourselves to sit down with people and, and really get a glimpse into why they may feel that way versus, oh, well, they made this post and this post made me angry and now I'm going to jump. Right. There's also, there's also, um, I think at times a very one dimensional understanding of what helping me looks like. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> you know, uh, it, it is, if, if that person says flattering things about me, then they're actually helping me as opposed to, this person very well may be embracing or fighting against certain policy mm-hmm. that that's really going to be quite beneficial for me, for people that are like me, people that believe like me. And and we have a tendency to really um, be quite singular in in our understanding of of benefit. Uh, and, and so that that's maybe one thing. Um, I do think there's a, a an important principle of <clears throat> Of being mindful that, yeah, we, we, we really do want, we really do want the good for our country and the people of our country. Now, the good for our people, excuse me, is, as we would believe, are going to be things that are exalting unto God. Things that are, are, um, are closer to the character of God, uh, not, Good for our people is just them getting all of their needs and wants accommodated. Right. And, and so that's a interesting thought. The next four, the fourth one talks about what is the Christian position. Uh, again, I'm imagining that when you consider, uh, elements of a, of a platform, whether it's democratic or republican, you know, what lines up mm-hmm. with actual biblical mandates there, uh, I would imagine that. How do I weigh the issues, uh, is, uh, an important one. Any thoughts on that? Yeah, I think, I think first off, we need to know the issues. We, yeah. <laughs> we, need, we should ha- be aware of, uh, I've even had folks, a lot of folks come up to me and go, you know, I voted those two amendments that are on. If you're in Knox County, if you're local listening, there's two amendments. Yeah. Uh, and they're like, I don't even know what they are. So yeah. I voted, you know, I felt like I should vote this way. And right. I was like, Oh, you didn't know what they <laughs> oh were. My. Oh my. And, and, but that's, that's common. That's very yes. common. Oh, yeah. And so, well, you know, there's always the classic, like, um, uh, interviewer that's on the, on the, on the, you know, road and they pull up a college student yep, or yep. some business person, you know, and they, they say that they basically are just convoluting positions yeah. intentionally. They're intentionally deceiving and people are like, yes, yeah, that, yes, that. And you're like, now you realize that actually your candidate, said your candidate it. is yeah. the one that said that. Yeah. Know? And we see that all the time. Yes. And, and, and I think that. So, so for me, it's important to know the issues. I think too, it, it's not just knowing the issues, but it's, it's being aware for some of us, there are going to be some issues that are, that, that seem more important. So for you, it may be, uh, I, this week, for instance, a, a, a weird example, uh, 50 Cent, the rapper, uh, saw, uh, uh, they, they did a report on, on Biden's tax plan. And if implemented, in California, you would have a 62% tax. And where does, and, and New York, live? and New York was close to that yeah. as well. And 50 Cent posted and was like, this, this was his words. I don't want to be 20 Cent, 
vote Trump. That's exactly what 50 Cent posted. Correct. So for him, his bank account is the issue. Right. And he literally said in his and post. And he probably lives in California or yeah, New York. His, he literally said in his post, I don't care about any other things that he, <laughs> that man has done. He's not going to tax me like that. Right. And so for some, it's the tax plan. For some, it's, uh, it's marriage. For some, it's social issues. For some, it's abortion. For me, right. abortion is the issue. Yeah. And so I, I can't support a candidate that's going to, uh, gonna push even more abortions in, in our society. And so know the issues and know where they stand. And that doesn't mean just what they're saying in front of a camera. Right. Go look at the platforms that they, that they say they represent. Go to their website. And also look what they've done historically. And, and historically. And yeah. so, uh, so those are things that, that are important. And, and so I do think we, then once we, once we have a grasp of that, then we can truly weigh the issues from a biblical perspective. Okay. Where do I put, my right. ducks in a row. So, so <clears throat> again, uh, these questions aren't necessarily questions that, that are to be asked, um, when I'm in the ballot or right. when, when I'm in the voting booth, you know, but more, these are questions that I'm just considering about my life as a whole as I move towards this, these final days of yeah. this election cycle. And the final question, well, number six, uh, is, am I eager to maintain unity in the church? Uh, and man, that just, it just so resonates with me right now. Like, like not just in my vote, but in every way that I approach this political cycle. In, in fact, I, I've, I've really been tempted to, to do a few things in advance, um, to be praying specifically, you know, publicly to be praying specifically for, for Biden, for Trump, right. for, but, because what I don't, I don't want anything to be perceived as, well, it went my way or it didn't go my way, or we're doing this because our candidate won or our candidate lost. You know, I, I I've really been thinking a, bu- a bunch about that. And I just, I just so desperately want to see the body remain unified and not not splintered, and it's not just related to political things, yeah. but splintered over such secondary and tertiary issues. Meanwhile, we have major issues. I yeah. mean, major issues that are happening as a culture. We look at, at situations in our churches. Uh, we have marriages that are, are, are falling apart. We have children that are on the verge of suicide. We have addiction that is rampant and and we're so tempted to become divided over over issues that that very well may warrant a a discussion yeah but there's a difference between a discussion and accusation and there's a a difference between discussion and 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 uh, and wanting to win or to prove your point as opposed to discussion with unity being the final end goal. And and so I, I think that's true in the church. It's true for us societally. And for us being the church in the society, that's got to be true also. Well, and, and two, if you, if you think back to even the founders and, and why they put these processes in place in terms of voting and, and the way we do politics, is it was done with, with the forethought of we are going to have civil war quote unquote, within our country every two to four years. Right. But we're going to, 
we're not going to pick up arms against each other. Correct. We're going to debate. We're going to have conversations. We're going to go and vote. And, and whatever the results of those elections are, that is how we move forward. And, and what that does is that allows us to have discourse in a, in a civil society right. at the voting booth with our neighbors, with our friends. But, but then it allows us to go to church with each other, right. to go to barbecues with each other, to go to a ball game with each other, right. to sit amongst people that disagree with us on literally everything. Right. Because we, we have a process in place that allows for that discourse to occur within the voting system. Right. And so when you, when you, what we have now, and what my fear is, is what was going to be a quote unquote civil war, kind of a cold civil war every four years within the election, uh, within the voting booth is starting to trickle out. And, and so now we're, with the help of social media, we're so angry at each other yeah. that it's not every four years. It's literally every day. And it, when you do that, that doesn't just create uh, disunity within our society. It creates disunity within our church because right. guess what, folks? There's people in our church that disagree with you on politics. Correct. It tr- it's true. They do. Yep. And, and so we have to come to grips with do we want unity within the gospel and within Christ and within the kingdom? Or do we want to push our an agenda over top of that? Right. And and that's a that's a place we need to wrestle with. Yep. We'll talk more when we come back. What is that? That's a that's from the eighties, right? I feel like that's like uh I see Tom Cruise playing volleyball. Uh I don't think that's from Top Gun, but it but I, that's what I see. When I hear that song, that's what I see. Fair enough. Is Top Gun type stuff. Fair enough. Uh, and and so those are the yeah I like that. Those are the uh, you remember that scene in Top Gun? Oh yes, of course. It's a longer scene than it needs to be. Yeah, <laughs> you're like these are these. Are, why are they playing volleyball for so long? <laughs> Have we watched the entire match? <laughs> why, why are why did the director go? You know what we're gonna do in the middle of this movie? A lot of volleyball. We're gonna do an entire match of <laughs> volleyball. <laughs> Of Tom Cruise and I think Gene Shorts. Or maybe Gene. Uh, I, I don't, don't know. know. I have no and, idea. And, uh, yeah. That's All it. I know is there was supposed to be a Top Gun yeah, maybe, sequel maybe coming 2025. out. Maybe 2025. I don't yeah. know. I, a lot of movies been pushed back. Yeah. A lot. And so it'll be, you want a hot take in the give, movie industry? Please give it to Let me. Let me give you a hot take in the movie industry. Because that's what I, I woke uh, up this morning thinking I so, need a hot take from Andrew on the So here's what I think is going to happen. Bring it. And it's unfortunate because Regal is housed right here in, in Knoxville. Uh, I think the movie, like the movie industry within Hollywood are purposely holding movies back. And uh, Disney even came out the other day and said, we're putting all our eggs in the Disney plus basket. We right. are, we are focusing on, on demand. We're going to release a lot straight to the public, but, but you got to think, well, you're not going to make as much money doing that because you need theater sales. Right. But, but theaters is the middleman and they get like 40% off the top. Right. And so what, here's what I think is going to happen is they're going to wait around and they're going to hope that the movie theaters file for bankruptcy and then Disney, Amazon, Netflix, are, and, and even Hollywood are gonna studios roll out are going to buy them up at, at pennies on a dollar. And then there's no middleman. Interesting. Wait for it. You mark it down. Wow. That's coming. Wow. That was, that was hot take. And so. Yeah, because I, I there, there's no way it, it just does not feel possible that the actual theater industry goes away because i no. think so many people enjoy i much prefer going to a theater for sure than watching it at home if i attempt to watch a movie at home there is a 76.9 percent 
chance that I will fall asleep. Yeah. I mean, if I'm on my couch, I'm out. We have movie night happen. every yeah. Friday night and, and we get, we get popcorn and we eat pizza. Uh, but it, there's a lot of distractions. The yeah. kids are running around that, you know, some nights I fall asleep and this, no one's there to tell you, get no. off your phone. This you, past you can't week, be on your phone. Yeah, man. This past weekend we watched, uh, Parent Trap with Lindsay Lohan. Very good. <laughs> wow. Very good. Uh, another, back in the day, uh, Lindsay Lohan was like yeah. 12. When, uh, when also another hit of hers, wasn't she in Herbie? She, she was. Her? Yeah. Yep. It's another uh, hit. And so Summer here lately, our, our second oldest has been, uh, talking in a British voice. I don't know why it, it annoys. You have no idea how much it annoys me. So your Cornersville, uh, uh it, it background me. is not jiving with British, a, a, a fake British Here's accent. what, here's what I'm dealing with. Aaron does it as well. And Aaron, they, they do it in a really good job. Yes. But it, it bothers me. I mean, really, <laughs> anno- I have to walk out of the room. Well, in Parent Trap, one of the, one of Lindsay Lohan's characters actually grew up in, yes. in London. And so, Summer loved it because oh, yeah. half the movie was, you know, someone talking like they're from London. And, uh, yeah, so I'm dealing with that. And then, like, while we were at the Foothills Parkway, Charlie looks around and says, hey, guys. And I was like, can somebody teach her to say y'all? Anybody. Why is she saying guys and not y'all? And so that's what I'm dealing with, you know, my, my kids. But, uh, but yeah, that's what I think is going to happen with the movie industry. Wow. I think, I think it's coming. I really do. So, yeah, so is there a possibility we would just be sitting – 10 years from now in a Disney theater. I think so. And I think what you're going to see too is Netflix may get into that game. And what Netflix may do is say, well, instead of releasing it straight to your home, you can see it, you know, a month early at our Mm -hmm. theater. Man. I don't know. Is there any chance you're employed by either one of those organizations? Maybe I could be. In the same way that we for the also, right price. In the same way we'd also be willing to eat steak at Aubrey's. Uh, Amen. Every, for the right day. price, I could be your marketing guy. Oh Just man. Hey, so before we uh before we we hang up here, I uh, we're, hang up. We're not on, we're not on <laughs> yeah, phone call. Before we we're in the studio together. You before say bye si- first. <laughs> before we sign off today, I do want to give a huge special shout out. To, uh, to the good folks at Chef's Table. Have okay. you ever eaten there? Yet? I have not. Mm-hmm. It is, um, uh, in the Cedar Bluff area. And man, I have found it. And again, there's zero, absolutely zero. Like, in, I'm getting nothing out of this. Um, but man, they, uh, do a great job there. Uh, Jacob and his team do a fantastic job. Jacob, uh, is actually one of our shoreline partners and they've done catering for years. And they've opened a restaurant fairly recently, and uh, I had not eaten there until weeks ago, and now it is legit. Is it good? Out west? Fantastic. Where's yes. it? Out off of, like, Executive Drive okay, yeah. over that way. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So, yeah. It's a special shout-out I'll today. have to make a stop in then. Yeah. It is, yeah what what well type of it. food? Uh, everything. everything. They really okay. do have all <laughs> kinds of stuff. But one of the things that you will like, do you like Brussels sprouts? No. Okay. I didn't either. But you liked it. Hated them. Okay. And they have Brussels sprouts that I eat like candy. Noted. They are that good. Huh. So if anyone can make a Brussels sprout taste delicious. What are they dipping in sugar? What, think what they could do with anything else. Sounds good. Go see them. We'll talk to you <laughs> next week. Bye.